You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to your Friday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio Network. All right, on this Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, first and foremost, I hope that you guys had a, a great Thanksgiving filled with uh, food, family, football, and uh, and that you that you all had a, a safe holiday as well. So I uh, thought what we would do today is uh, answer some questions that have come into the Big Blue View mailbag. Listen, I do a mailbag on the website at bigblueview.com every Saturday. And uh, thanks to you folks who, who write in constantly with questions there are times when the, when the mailbag just gets overwhelmed, times when I just can't answer all of the questions that come in. So I thought that what I would do today with this being one of those weeks where the mailbag is just overflowing with, uh, with questions from you guys, I thought I would uh, pull a couple of questions out of the mailbag and answer them here on today's show. And uh, so, so let's get right into that. First question that I have comes from Chip McCoy, and Chip wants to know about Evan Neal. He asks uh, what the odds of success are for Neal if the Giants move him into guard, and, and wants to know, um, you know, if there are other examples of uh, of guards of guys moving from tackle to guard successfully at the NFL level. Chip, I'm not sure what the odds are, but this is something that happens quite frequently in the NFL. One of the best examples of a player who moved from tackle to guard in the middle of his career is on the Giants roster right now, and that's Justin Pugh. Pugh, the Giants drafted as a left tackle out of Syracuse, first round pick. They played him at right tackle. They played him a little bit at left tackle. They eventually moved him into guard, and that's what got him paid by the Arizona Cardinals. He's been a really good guard in the NFL now for five or six years. Obviously, with the Giants this year, we've seen him have to play some left tackle, and uh, although he he tried valiantly, he did the best he could. Obviously, we saw that at this point in his career, in his in his mid thirties, I think he's thirty three at this point, coming off a torn ACL. Guard is a better spot for him. He's not an NFL tackle at this point in his career, but Justin Pugh is a guy who moved successfully from tackle to guard. Had a really good career. Um, another guy that the Giants had for a little while 
who came out of college as a tackle, moved inside to guard, played some guard successfully for the Giants for a while, was DJ Fluker, who was a tackle out of Alabama. Played a little bit of left tackle, a little bit of right tackle, moved inside to guard, sort of played all around during his NFL career, but he's a guy who extended his NFL career by several years, you know, moving inside to guard. The uh, What usually happens with these guys, you see a lot of guys transition from tackle to guard when they come out of college, when they get drafted. A lot of these guys get drafted who played tackle in, the, in college, and they get moved inside to guard right away. Guys like Brandon Scherf, who was a tackle at, at at Iowa moved inside to guard. A guy like Zach Martin has had a what might be a Hall of Fame career moved inside to guard. Um, a lot of guys do that. There are current examples. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys right now, in addition to Zach Martin, they're using Tyler Smith, a guy that they drafted a couple of years ago as perhaps the successor at left tackle to Tyron Smith. They're using Tyler Smith inside at left guard. And if you watch the Thanksgiving Day game against the Commanders, you can see what a dominating duo those two with Tyron Smith at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard. You can see what a dominating duo those two guys can make. There are there are tons of examples of guys who, who come out of college and move from, from tackle to guard. You see it sometimes at the NFL level. What what teams do with a guy like Eric Flowers, with a guy like Justin Pugh, with a guy like Evan Neal, come out of college, you have a need for a tackle. You maybe have a need for a right tackle. You're not a hundred percent sure that this guy, that a certain that that whatever player you're drafted can be a tackle, but the idea is always because of the value of tackles. Give the player an opportunity to try to succeed at tackle and then move him inside to guard if that doesn't work out. We see that a lot in the NFL, and that might be that might be the path for Evan Neal. It I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, Neal is hurt right now. He's been missing time with an ankle injury speculation in the fan base that when he comes back, maybe the Giants would move him inside to guard and and give him an opportunity there. I don't know. I haven't haven't heard any information about that being a possibility from the Giants at this point. Perhaps next year it's a possibility, but, uh, you know, Chip also wanted to know something about the differences between playing guard and tackle. The reason why tackle is harder is first and foremost, most of the dominant pass rushers line up out on the edge. There are guys like Aaron Donald. There are guys like Dexter Lawrence. There are guys like Chris Jones who line up in the middle a lot. But most of your dominant pass rushers line up out on the edge. When you're out at tackle, you're out in space. Your athleticism is tested. Your movement skills are tested. You're often one-on-one out there with a Joey Bosa, with a Micah Parsons, with a Kayvon Thibodeau out there one-on-one, 
And that player has options to go inside. He has options to go outside. He has options to use power. It tests your athleticism. It tests your feet. It tests your movement skills. It tests your hand usage. It tests everything about being an offensive lineman. When you move inside to guard, you don't have as much space to deal with. It's a much narrower or it's a much more confined area. It's closer. I mean, that guy is lined up right on top of you rather than having a, a runway to figure out what he's going to do, what kind of move he's going to make. There's not as much space. It's more direct contact, more direct contact, more direct combat. And your athleticism, your movement skills aren't tested quite as much. You don't have, you don't have to, to mirror guys in space so much. So if you have some athletic deficiencies, sometimes a move into guard can help a player to, uh, to really flourish despite the fact that that he might have some athletic limitations. So that's why that's why guys get moved from from tackle to guard. It might be the path for Evan Neal. We'll have to see. I think we'll know more about that when we get to uh to the 2024 offseason. We'll find out what the plan is for Evan Neal, whether the Giants are going to continue with him on the outside or move him inside and and find a free agent or find a uh, an early draft pick perhaps to uh, to play right tackle. All right, let's see what else we have here in the mailbag that we can uh, that we can look at. We have a question from Matt Sanders who wants to know that if the Giants could make the first year cap situation work, would I give Kirk Cousins a 3-year deal and have Daniel Jones be the backup and then release Jones after 2024? Matt, absolutely not. I have no interest in Kirk Cousins whatsoever. He's, I believe, 35 years old. He's coming off a torn Achilles tendon. The New York Giants are one of the youngest teams in the NFL. I believe by snap-weighted average, which is the amount of snaps that players are playing, the Giants are playing the second youngest roster in the NFL behind the Green Bay Packers. I have no interest in bringing in a quarterback who's 35, 36, would require a big contract. Would You'd have Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins in 2024 swallowing up tons of your cap space. I don't know how you would go about making the roster better if you tried to do that. If you're going to move on from Daniel Jones, you're not doing it with a, a Kirk Cousins who would be 36 next year. You're not doing it with a Ryan Tannehill who might be on his way out in Tennessee. You're not doing it with a Jimmy Garoppolo. You're doing it with a draft pick. You're doing it with a player that you draft in the first or second round to develop as a long-term future quarterback for you. You have a really young roster you could draft a young player, whether you're in position to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. I don't know whether the Giants move up to get one of those guys. I don't know if Joe Shane would do that. 
You know, maybe you look at a quarterback in the second round if Jay, somebody like Jaden Daniels or Bo Nix or, or whoever happens to be there. We're a long, long way away from figuring out exactly what the quarterback pecking order behind Williams and May is going to be. But the path for the Giants, if they're going to move on from Daniel Jones or at least begin the process of moving on from Jones, who pretty much has to be a Giant next year because of what really is a $47.1 million cap hit, if they're going to begin that process, they're going to do it with a young quarterback out of the 2024 NFL draft class. And that's the right path. They there, there's no good reason for adding a player like Kirk Cousins in the in in free agency next off season. All right, I have a question. We'll do one more question here uh, in the mailbag portion of the show. Question from Kevin McGrath, who wants to know if the loss of Davis Webb as a de facto offensive coach has has hurt the Giants this year. We know that Webb was the Giants' number three quarterback a year ago, guy who has long been considered uh, a guy that was headed for a coaching career, retired from the Giants at the end of last season, moved to the Denver Broncos as quarterback's coach, and of course, with Sean Payton as, as head coach and offensive coordinator, with Webb there as quarterback's coach, Russell Wilson has been sort of rejuvenated. He's been experiencing somewhat of a bounce-back season. So it's a legitimate question, but I don't think that the loss of Davis Webb is the reason why Daniel Jones didn't play well at the beginning of the season. You know, Webb and Jones were only together for a year. I think that that Daniel Jones you know, was simply he was impacted by by the pass rush. He was impacted by all the pressure he was under. Maybe he was trying to do too much to justify the big contract that the Giants gave him. I, for one, think that the Giants sort of strayed game plan wise and offensive scheme wise. You know, with some of the new guys they they added with uh, with Darren Waller and with Jalen Hyatt. I think they kind of strayed from the philosophy, the play-action philosophy, the run-first philosophy that uh, that they employed a year ago and that was so successful for them. So I think there, there were a lot of extenuating circumstances that, that impacted Daniel Jones this year. And yes, he is to blame for some of what happened. He's to blame for some of his decision-making, some of the... Uh, poor throws that he made, some of the missed throws. I don't think Davis Webb had anything to do with that or the loss of Davis Webb. What I do think is that for a long time it was considered, or Davis Webb was considered a guy who who could be an NFL coach. I do think that Davis Webb is having a positive impact as a coach on Russell Wilson. I do think that if the Giants move on, from Mike Kafka as offensive coordinator this offseason, perhaps you know Kafka would take a, a college coaching job. I do think that if there's an opportunity for the Giants to bring Davis Webb back to this coaching staff, I I would like to see that. He's got 
a lot of experience with Brian Dayball's offense. He's got, you know, he's he's been in New York. He's comfortable here in, you know, with the Giants. So if there's an opportunity, if there's a role for Davis Webb, and if he would come back to the Giants, obviously he's he's got a good thing going right now with the Broncos. But if there's a role for Davis Webb on the 2024 Giants coaching staff, uh, I would be in favor of uh, of seeing that happen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Giants fans, let's uh, let's move on to the uh, the other portion of the show, and that is what we usually do on Fridays: is make our weekly prediction for this week's Giants game. And this week, of course, the Giants face the uh, the New England Patriots. They host the Patriots at one o'clock on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. And this portion of our of our program is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Giants fans, the Patriots, as we speak, are three and a half point favorites on Sunday. And before the Giants faced the Commanders last week, before Tommy DeVito had his moment in the sun and earned Rookie of the Week honors with an 18 for 26, 246 yard, three touchdown performance, before that game, I thought there might be a possibility that I wouldn't pick the Giants to win another game this season. I I picked the Commanders to win last Sunday. Obviously, I was wrong about that. This week, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Giants. Coming off of the week that we saw, I don't want to to say that I'm drinking the DeVito Kool-Aid, but maybe I am drinking the DeVito Kool-Aid. 
to me, I look at this more as the Giants are home. They're coming off a win. There's a little bit of good feeling now with the Giants in New Jersey coming off the, the DeVito game. The Patriots are a mess. They're, they're winding down the end of a season that is probably going to be Bill Belichick's final one as head coach in New England. As we speak, there's a possibility that any of four different players could be the quarterback for the Patriots on Sunday. I'm sure Belichick knows which one it's going to be, but he's not telling anybody. And, and as of right now, as I record this, uh, we don't know who that's going to be. The Patriots are a mess. The Patriots are 31st in the league in offense, ahead of only the Giants at this point. I just look at the situation, and I think the Patriots are a team that the Giants can beat. Um, I don't want to say should beat, but the Giants are at home, and I think I think the little bit of momentum that they gained from from the DeVito game, from winning last week. I think all of that will help the Giants, and I think the Giants will come away with a second straight victory on Sunday. I know that uh, that some of you won't be happy about that because of the draft position, but uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Giants are going to play hard for Brian Dable. I think they're going to play hard for Tommy DeVito. I think, uh, as I said, there's some good feelings with the Giants right now. And I think those lead to uh, to a very narrow victory. One thing I will say is the last time I looked at the over-under, I think it was a, a ridiculously low 33.5 points. Um, considering the state of the offenses for both of these teams, I would tell you guys to uh, to bet the under if you're uh, – it is. It's 33.5 points. I would tell you guys to to bet the under if, if you're going to do that. Uh, I don't think either one of these teams is going to light up the scoreboard. I think this could be a a 17-14 type game. So I, I would bet the under if you wanted to put money on that. All right, Giants fans, uh, I think that's our show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.